Hey, this is Cullen Bunn, the writer of the Six Gun, Magneto, and Sinestro, and you are listening to Eleven O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Right out of the park with that one, motherfucker. That's a good one. Yeah, you, you struck blood with that on the first swing. It's impressive. It's impressive. You want to just keep it and just never do it again? No, that one was impressive. Fucking strong. Right for his rope. Grab his ass mouth. Jesus. Hey, New Year. Apparently. New Year Blue Vince. Yeah. Strong. Okay. That was impressive AF. Wow. He loves it. That was a real good one. No, it was. Vince it was took some ginkgo biloba before we started recording. Nah, my blood pressure's high. But we're good. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Happy New Year. Hey, 2024. Craziness. Welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 887. I am Vince B. I remain Vince B. Thank heavens for that. You I <laughs> never. I am David A. Price. This is true, and of course, I'm Baby New Year. Ah, uh, you got your little diaper and monocle on. I do. The safety <laughs> pins holding it up just ever so slightly. The giant safety pins, like Baby Huey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're not Baby New Year. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And we're all together on the first episode of the new year, and we're going to try something a little different, and we'll explain it to you when we get there. But before we do that, we want to let you know, to make you aware of who's presenting this to you, and it's CheapGraphicNovels.com. Start the new year off right. Save some damn money. Comics are expensive as it is. Oof. Don't pay more than you have to. Go to CheapGraphicNovels.com if you're looking for an omnibus who isn't a trade paperback collection, maybe an OGN or some manga, all of which will have categories on our 11 o'clockers, which are coming up. So if you have a void to fill and you need to read it in time for the 11 o'clockers, you're probably shit out of luck. <laughs> because cheap graphic novels are fast, but they're not that fast. Oh, true. Yeah, because our our eleven o'clockers is going to be in a couple days, right? As the crow flies, I'm saying, like maybe next week or the week after, right? Yeah, week after probably. Yeah. So, but so maybe you do have time. You're just looking for one of those aforementioned formats. Well, you're going to go to Amazon. You're going to see maybe you get like 12% off or 18%. Big deal. Not a whole lot. You go to CheapGraphicNovels.com. The trend is 30 to 40% off. That's craziness. Crazy. And once you place your order, you're going to get a, an email confirmation thanking you for doing so. You're going to reply to that email confirmation saying, woohoo. Dap and the boys at 11 o'clock comics sent me and Max is going to say, well, you're friggin' smart because you're getting free shipping on your next order. My dude, welcome to the new year. It's a new paradigm. CheapGraphicNovels.com. Nice. I'm lit. Nice, nice, nice. Yes, yes oh, you are. Right. I am. Fired up. I'm a little lit because I started a little early. Oh, love it. Yeah. Nice. I have, it's an embarrassment of riches in the beer department. My brothers-in-law and myself do a beer swap 
for uh, mm-hmm. Chris- Christmas. And yep. my daughter also gave me beer. So I have many different kinds. Uh, I grabbed two, which does not necessarily mean I'm drinking two beers, but two different kinds of beers. There's a hint. All these are 16 ounces. This is called the Half Acre, looks like Tend. Yes, it is. It's the Western type with the big block fonts. It's not pretty, but it's a Half Acre Tend Winter India Pale Ale at 16 ounces. And the ABV on this bad boy is 6.8. Not not much. But then I got from uh, New Trail Brewing, which is kind of local. Yeah, Susquehanna, I think. No, Williamsport. Uh, New Trail Broken Heels Hazy IPA, which is another 16-ouncer. But this one's 7% alcohol by volume. So not very high in the ABV, but skyrocketing in taste. How's that shit? Mmm. Yeah. Taste escalation. Yep. Yeah. What you drinking, Bill? I mean, I wish I could follow it up with anything exciting, but <laughs> the o- the only thing I have to drink this evening sitting next to me is a is a flask of water. You could have said flagon. A flag. Yeah, it's it's not a flagon, but yeah. But they don't know. It, it could true. it could be a, a a velvet slipper, and they wouldn't know. It's true. I, I'm I've, I've cut back my caffeine. No caffeine after four o'clock now. So. Oh my God! It's you're gonna be like wow. a, a an amoeba soon. <laughs> well, I just uh, read a lot in the last few weeks about cortisol and how it affects your ability to, especially as you get older, to like add muscle and you, uh, so. You doomsday prepper. You get into Not that at shit. all. Well, so, oh, no, like, so just because you read a, about cortisol and now you're just going to oh, curtail the caffeine. Caffeine is one of the purest joys of life. Well, I'm, that's why I'm not giving it up. I'm just not. It's just I'm not having it at four o'clock. That's oh, man. I just, I, I just can't. I can't. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. It's going it, uh, I, to. I, two years ago, I did about like 90, 95 percent of my fitness was was cardio. Then last year I tried to move it and it was probably seventy thirty. And this year I wanted to try and do fifty fifty, but I gotta really try and make sure that I'm you know, putting myself in the best position. It it's no surprise that at forty nine years old that you're not exactly playing with a stacked deck in that department. You you know, it's it's, it's it ain't easy. So, you know, I'm just trying to maximize the opportunity. If Jeff Bezos can do it, I I, I gotta go with it. Yeah, really good company there. <laughs> it's so funny how people cringe at Jeff Bezos. Like everybody wouldn't want to be him. He's not Elon Musk. I wouldn't want to be he's either of them. He's he's liberal, he's yes, but I mean, you know, the whole uh, it's, uh, it's just the whole right workers' rights and and things like that. But that's not a topic for now. <laughs> well, that's not a, with this dude, that's not a topic forever. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why you got to read the room, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, damn capitalist that, that, bastard! Exactly why I said it. Full disclosure to those who are listening: if, uh, I may or may not own a very large position in Amazon stock. There you go. <laughs> so, yep. Good. Tell them to fix my shit. <laughs> How about you, Dap? What are you drinking? I am enjoying uh, a low ball of not full of uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company Origin Series. It's a Kentucky straight. 
bourbon whiskey. It was my favorite whiskey find of 2023. Um, it's a 96 proof. It's it's. I, I had it before on the show, but uh, I haven't had it lately. So I bought a bottle before the holidays and, and finally cracked it open tonight. Nice. A little splash of seltzer with it. Open it up. It's really good. Respect. That was maybe an unconscious act, but you provided me with an excellent segue. Oof. Okay. Because your favorite, you said it was your favorite whiskey of 20, or your favorite whiskey find of 2023. Yes. Which implies that you have a ranking system. Well, you know what, people playing at home, we do too. We have a ranking system, and it's the 11 o'clockers, this, this thing we do every year at the beginning of the new year that ranks all of our favorite stuff from the previous year. And um, we, in the past, uh, we would get a little bit carried away. Like, we, it wasn't enough for us to just say, okay, my favorite book in the blah, blah, blah category is this. Now we used to go down a list of, of runners-up. You know, some more than others. I'm very guilty of that because I like to spread the love around. Mm-hmm. And, and when you cross the finish line, it's nice to give a little pat on the back to the guys that just about made it but didn't quite get there on mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So this episode... I don't know what we're going to call it. Um, it, it. It is the top five contenders in any category for the 2023 11 O'Clockers. You can call it top five also rands. You can call it top five attaboys. I don't know what you want to call mentions. it. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Yeah, it's just we, we. here's what we did. We picked five categories randomly, maybe, and... Ones that we were dead certain we knew what the winner was going to be. And then gave a nice little pinch on the butt to a book that just, for whatever reason, just didn't get across that finish line. We just spread the love. This is another episode where we're just throwing the the joy in every direction because comics are great. So we want to... Give a little bit more accolades to the books that you won't hear in the 2023 11 O'Clockers coming up in two weeks, according to Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. That's so, right. So now, it, I, I got to ask because the way you explained it is, I need to. Did I made a top five list? I didn't necessarily link them directly to which category they were runners up in. Well, see, that's I, I counterproductive. I I could probably do that as we go. Yeah, yeah it just amazes well, me that you would not already just know to do that. No, that's the approach we were taking. I thought it was just five things I, that we that's really what I was strongly is, about and just but knew we weren't going to make it. It wasn't going to make it on the list somewhere. That's cool. That's good. That's fine. Okay. Um, I have five different categories. Five books from yeah, five I'll, I'll different categories. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm there. I mean, I'm looking at my five, so I'm not – but I, I, I just have to just quickly – Denote that, if uh, if you will, so to speak. Nice. So you can do it on the fly, I'm sure. Because can I start with something? It's yeah. my so biggest. We're going right in. Yeah, right in. Oh, well, so well, I'm saying we because let's talk about the O'Closkers then while we have their attention. Oh, please do. Yes, uh, this here O'Closkers is a big part of it. For those of you that haven't listened in the past eight or nine years, uh, is we give we each we take each category. 
we each give our favorite choice. And then we also give, uh, based on a voting from the listenership, uh, we give a a third, second, and first of your votes. So, so the audience effectively gets equal equal runtime to us. Three of three from us, three from you. And the best way to you know make all of those votes meaningful is to vote. And we need some votes. We are we're doing all right, but we're running substantively behind our our prior highs in that category and uh i don't know if it's that folks aren't going to the website url or if folks just aren't reading as much current but whatever i know you're out there i know you're reading lots of comics so um you can get to it's a google form and it goes through all the questions all you have to do is have a gmail account if you do you can vote um and you go to 11 o'clock comics the top left tab you will see an O'Closkers tab. You click on that, it'll bring you to the form. Or you can go to 11oclockcomics.com slash the dash 2023-11-O'Closkers. That's a lot. That's why it's easier to use the tab. Yeah, uh, that's the URL. And then there's a tiny URL as well, which is tinyurl.com slash O'Closkers 2023. Not that tiny, but it's as good as you can get with a long thing like that. Anyway, go to any of those vote there's also a link to this uh i've recently pinned link on the facebook group facebook group for 11 o'clock comics for those of you listening that are on the slack channel you probably already know this but there is an o'clockers channel in the slack and um remember you're incentivized to vote because not only are you helping us you're helping yourself if you submit a full ballot which identifies 80 percent of the questions answered you will be entered into a random drawing that we do on the recording night, and the winner of that will get a gift certificate to CheapGraphicNovels.com. See, it's crazy. And it is. And yeah. the more of you that submit ballots, the higher that number goes. It can go all the way up to $200. But in order to get there, you all got to participate and vote. So get on with it. Incentive and is a good thing. Yeah, if we're recording, let's we've we said we're going to record on the 18th, so it's two weeks from now. That that would be Thursday the 18th. In that case, I will close the balloting on, um, probably Monday night. So Monday the what's that 15th? Yeah, I will probably close the ballots and give me time to download the data and clean it up because there's you know often sometimes people like put things that they mean something but it's misspelled. So it takes some time to clean the data up, and make sure it's it's tight, but. Uh, yeah, so mo- Monday the 15th is our tentative closing of the ballots. <laughs> or vote for books that were never published in 2020. <laughs> or or yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, uh, to further clarify what we're doing tonight is we're just trying to pare down the eventual 11 o'clockers for 2023. Make it uh, a little bit terse, a little bit more terse, because we used to go for, I think one year we actually did four hours. Right. Yeah. One year we did. We actually broke it up into two episodes. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which, yeah. You need to check. That was, that, was, that was when we didn't have it refined, and, and I think that was a, still at Neesman year. So we had four, 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 four people talking each about that kind of stuff. So right. And my categories are in no particular order, but there are five of them. So in order, we we like to call it top five. Whenever we do a list, we call it top five. But there's no ranking system here, um, unless you count my biggest disappointment of 2023, which was also one of my biggest joys. And I'm going to tell you about that right now. We have rules for the 11 o'clockers. 
if it's a miniseries, it needs to end in 2023 to be in the running for the 11 O'Clockers. This book filled me with all kinds of joy and could fit in multiple categories. It could fit in Had It Ended in 2023. It's a miniseries. It could fit in Favorite Miniseries. It could fit in Favorite Horror Book. But I disqualified it from both of those categories and more because the damn thing, the last issue came out the first week of January. Like, Cullen, you couldn't have tweaked this baby, so Mm. it, it, it came out in 2023. I am talking about the amazing Midnight Show miniseries written by Cullen Bond, illustrated by Brian Hurt, color art by Bill Crabtree. I just loved this thing. And it's it's a perfect little four-issue miniseries. Remember four-issue miniseries? They, you, you, today, it's usually five or six. There's a four-issue miniseries about classic monsters, monster kids, um, the, the movie-going experience, uh, art as life, life as art. It's just amazing. And the damn thing... Ended in 2024. So that's my biggest... I mean, my, my, my heart is crushed that I can't do something with the Midnight Show for the 2023 Ecloskers. There's really, other than favorite single issue, I could, I could lie and say the first issue of Midnight Show was my favorite single issue of just to get it in, but that's not fair because then there was... Maybe there was a one-shot that did capture my heart more than the first issue of Midnight. I don't want to force it in, right? You're going to hear about it a lot in 2024, but I can't use it for 2023, and it sucks because it was great. Capital G, great, Midnight Show. I, I, I it's, yeah, no, it's perfect. It, it's, it is. It, it's it's bittersweet because absolutely, if it was if it finished if it finished by the end of December, I think it would be on a lot of people's list. It, it would have freaking swept. Because, it would have. Yeah, I, yeah. I I may have even nominated Cullen as favorite writer and and Brian as favorite you know illustrator. I I can't now. I mean I can because the majority of it came out, but it's still unfinished. It should have finished in twenty twenty three. Could have shipped it a week earlier. It was done. Whatever. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you there. Um, are we doing the snake or one after another? Oh, no, just... we're doing the snake because, I, yeah, who wants to hear me talk all five at once? That's, that, no. that, that, that's a, but that sound you heard was everybody's hands being raised at once. Mm, de- deodorant, people. Come on. Well, yeah. Well, it's not con season, so. <laughs> oh, man. You want to go next, Jason? Oh, my God. If not, I'll go. It's, 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 I mean, I don't. I don't oh, even. Sorry, I was on mute. Sorry, I was on mute. My, you'd think this was our, my first turn. <laughs> you would. You would think that. <laughs> I'm sitting here saying, yeah, I'll go. You'll go. What do you keep talking about? Nah, nah, you uh, go, my brother. He's not hearing me. Check okay. your uh, network while you're. Or your your oh connection God. while you're doing it because you're you're breaking yeah, up a little bit. Better late than ever. Yeah. 
You don't know what to tell you, dude. All right. I like the present. Gaming. Yeah. Yeah. What you got? Okay. So, um, this was not a good year for me with superhero comics. Mm. There weren't many that really spoke to me in any meaningful way. Um, and my choice was easy, but we'll get to that in a few weeks. So, um, my first runner-up honorable mention of the night is Birds of Prey by Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, and Jordi Belair by DC Comics. We talked about this with Kelly, actually. Yes. Doot, doot. Uh, in episode 859. And, um, you know, I, I really have enjoyed it. It's it's We got the fifth issue this week. We got four in 2023. I think it's off to an awesome start. I'm loving it. But it's just a bit too early in the journey with four issues for me to uh, to make it my superhero pick. It's a good choice. Thank you. Very, very good looking book. And I've read two of them and they were great. Mm. Nice. There you go. Uh, I am going to go with... Uh, a runner-up for a uh, or an honorable mention to favorite suspense or horror book. Uh, it's one that uh, I came way late to the party on this compared to everybody else. Um, but I dove into the first trade and ate it up with a big old spoon and then read the second volume and then got caught up on the singles waiting for this series to unfortunately wrap up. And it is Dark Ride. Yeah, you did come in a little late. I came in very late, and uh, it's um, yeah. I came in when it was two thirds over practically, and it's uh, it's you know, Williams is doing great stuff. The art is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it's I am not, I'm not big on horror, and um, so it it, it takes something special to kind of hook me and then keep me coming back uh and and dark ride definitely did it because there's a lot of twists and turns it's not as straightforward as one might think reading the first issue or two because the way the characters are set up you're kind of designed to to dislike or root for or um just it, it might seem like you kind of know the direction they're going in and uh it it really it really isn't. Yeah, you, you I think the whole uh, the whole book is filled with unlikable characters. Like, oh, absolutely. Even oh, yeah, Summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's Summer got like that. this oh, yes. hard yeah. edge I mean, to her. Uh, but the, the like Sam douchebag to start off with became the most likable character yes. in the book, yep. which is That's what, what, saying. It's what just, is happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a, a full disclosure to people playing at home. We get skybound emails and press releases and and. Uh, preview copies and today we got an email f that centered on dark ride and one of the pull quotes was i don't know i'm paraphrasing but the gist of it was can't wait to see where this book is going and mm. where it's going is to issue 12 and then it's stopping so yeah. like and this is a promotion for what what will be issue 10 so it's like yeah we could have done without that as a pull quote because as a pull quote it doesn't work because the series is ending in two two issues, uh, three if you count ten as being unpublished, which it is. But I just thought it was a, a little bit of black humor appropriate for this book, 
right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 the corpse is twitching, and there's it'll have three issues left to twitch. All right. Um, I also have a runner-up for favorite superhero book. My winner is Clear Cut, or was Clear Cut, and will be revealed in a couple weeks. But if you go back and listen to how many times I brought this book up over 2023, this book should be my winner. But the quality of my winner just just eked out uh, that win. But my favorite superhero book were not for the existence of the one that you'll hear in a couple weeks is Wolverine, written by Benjamin Percy, mm. illustrated by Juan Jose Rip, and color art by Frank Darmada. I talked about this book many episodes. You did, last year. Yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah, because you you did talk about it a lot. I loved what this uh, group did with this book. Um, I know it's a little it's a little salt in the wound for you, but the the turning uh, beast into a heel, I think, is perfect because I don't like him as as uh, a face. So as a heel, he works for me. Mm-hmm. And the the whole Dark Beast saga with the clones and the weapons of X and the Krakoa, it, it was just a great book. Um, and the thing that really pulled me into it was Juan Jose Rip's art. Who he's on immortal now. Like it's just it keeps going. The the joy keeps going. So um, <laughs> I they I hope they're they're making his uh, efforts lucrative for him because mm-hmm. he, he I think he's great. And he fits the X books really well. So my could have been favorite superhero book for 2023. Yeah, Wolverine. I love it. It's a very good pick. Thanks for you. It makes because you did bring it up probably more than almost any other comic this year. Truth. Um, okay, so I'm up. So uh, this would be a runner up for favorite collected reprint. Uh, and that is um, now I consumed it in, as I think most people have in a collected graphic novel this year. Um, but it's a collection of a couple hundred web comics into into a narrative book. Uh, and that's called it. The book is called Why Don't You Love Me by written and drawn by Paul Rainey, published by Drawn and Quarterly. Uh, I spoke about spoke on it uh, back in episode 843. And this was the book you guys may remember that I loved and hated. Uh, and, and the reason I couldn't put it on the ballot is because uh you know i think it was maybe last week vince you were saying how in today's world we can just you know if we're not enjoying a comic there's so much else out there or or anything really not just comics but like tv right whatever you're into like it's just there's so much content now you can just probably should just if you're not enjoying it just 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 put it aside right it's like you don't have to finish something well if you remember with why don't you love me for like half the book I hated it, and I was like very close, like within a few pages of saying, "I'm I'm done reading this. I I I don't I don't. There's no point because it just read like page after page of this husband and wife and family who are horrible people, and just like in Chris Ware style art animation, basically just walked around being awful to each other and their kids. And I was like waiting for the point. I'm like, what's the point? Like I don't I don't get it. Like is this is this all your Rainy has to say? Because I'm pretty tired of it. Like I get the I get the message here. They're they're pieces of shit. And then 
halfway through a multi-hundred page collected edition, you get this twist. And the twist is so good that I dare you to Google what's the Why Don't You Love Me twist. And you will see, I don't know, dozens of reviews from major publications about the book. And you will find not a, not a single one will have told you the twist. That's how good the twist is. And it completely changed the book in a meaningful way and then makes everything you endured before that feel completely different. And so overall, like, I think the book is, a, is an achievement and actually really well executed. But I still, in good conscience, don't think it's reasonable to ask people to read 200 pages of something without them knowing there's a twist coming and, and then, like, being saved by a twist. I think that's, that's yeah. not, you know. Right. Now, again, as we talked about on the show and it's gotten good reviews, if you go into it knowing there's a big twist, your experience is probably going to be far more positive because you'll kind of just almost be like – just running the miles of that race through that part saying, okay, but I know this is going to go in a different direction. So, um, but, but I didn't have that. I wasn't afforded that. I read this without having seen that or read a review or anything. And so for me, it's a very, very good book. It's worthy of praise, but because of the mechanism of how we got to the, to the interesting part, I can't put it on my ballot. Right. I'm not a big fan of the, you got to give it, that's actually a deterrent for me if someone's like, oh, you got to see the series, but you got to give it like four or five episodes before it really oh, clicks yeah. in. It's like, no, I, I, I do not have time to give it four episodes uh, unless it's from someone whose work I trust. Like if, you know, if David Lynch has a new series and it's like, you got to give it four episodes, like, okay, I'm going in. But if it's, you know, an unknown untested person and yep. i'm told to give it five episodes i'd be like yeah you do you it's good see you later mm. not doing mm -hmm. it yeah because like you said why not just pick up a book by stephen king or other notable and start reading that like i know what i'm yep. gonna get from the get-go um dap what do you have my favorite new comic that started in 2023, unfortunately started very, very late in 2023. This may very well could make it on favorite ongoing or, or, or the whole enchilada for next year as we go through 2024. But with only two issues in, and I absolutely love these two issues, and I can't wait to see where it's going. Uh, my favorite new comic is runner-up is Petrolhead. Wow, that's a good choice. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've been... It, it's Since it, I'm like... November is when it came out, and I was like, shit, man, we're only going to get two issues. There's no way... like, un Unless maybe I decide, you know, uh, breakout talent or artist I could probably do. But I... It, it's, yeah, you need to stop talking it, right now. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. So it's just... It's, I'm not giving anything away. I don't want to spoil for anybody else. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 such yeah. a... It's, it's a gorgeous book. It's it's exciting. Like, it's electric, to, man. Oof. It really is. It, it's just... It's it's so kinetic. It's so fast-paced. As it's supposed to be. But it's just... Man, I cannot wait to see where it's going. And after only two issues for me to say that... I'm, 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 you can't see how close my fingers are, but I'd be this close to, to maybe kind of just bending my own little self-imposed rules for certain things. But this was, this is, this is fantastic start. Absolutely. Yeah. If you haven't started it yet, by all means, get on it. 
but yeah, it it it's it's one of my favorite new things of 2023. And they're off. Yeah. <laughs> what a great book. This next one was was tough for me. Um it's my favorite ongoing and uh my process is uh for ongoing yes there are many many books out there that are ongoings but when i think ongoing i think of something with a little bit of weight a little bit of longevity behind it um like four issues is not well it may be an ongoing four issues doesn't even qualify with me because i I, like what's the book month after month after month that I enjoy reading that has given me much entertainment in 2023. This book came close, but I had to slap it down a little bit because of the delays in the production. Could have been my favorite ongoing had Ice Cream Man come out more often. Written by W. Maxwell Prince, illustrated by Martin Marazzo, with color art by Chris O'Halloran. I mean, we got a, a good amount of Ice Cream Man in 2023, but not enough to eclipse the book that eventually got the nod from me. I, I really enjoy Ice Cream Man uh, when it comes up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Let's see that. Well, there's a lot of meat on that, on those bones that you know. We when we talked about it, um, the the whale issue didn't didn't do it for Jason, but it just it just fascinates me the the um, the true like what, what, what there's a skeleton for Ice Cream Man. There's a, a narrative framework thing that is built, but the, the meat that's placed on it is just so strange, and and it's it just equally fascinates and bewilders me. So I, I I really love Ice Cream Man. I just wish it would come out like regularly. Uh, nice. Okay. Um, well, I have a sh- I have a big one. Like yeah, going to rumble some folks. <laughs> okay. Um, and this would this would have been my pick for best a new comic uh, if if there wasn't another one. <laughs> Um, but it ain't going to make it, and that is Transformers, mm. by written and drawn by our good friend Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson. We had Daniel on the show to discuss uh, said book uh, on episode 868, and uh, I love the book. I absolutely love it so far, but uh, we've only got a few issues so far, and um, it, it just ran into a buzzsaw for me of another book, so I, I, it didn't make the cut for me. Wow, that is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm bringing the heat. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give any fringe books, and we're gonna really make it anyway. I'm giving you the books. People are listening and thinking, "Oh, I'm sure this is gonna be Woods Ballot somewhere." And right, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that it does appear somewhere else. Oh no, I'm not playing that. Oh, I'm, if I'm mentioning it tonight, it's not on the ballot for any, any category. In any category. Any category. Oh, that's fucked love up. Love it. That's fucked no, up. I love no, because I think that's like it. Then that's too. Because like we have so many categories, you can make things fit in lots of spaces. No, Transformers will not be on my ballot. Wow, that's take no prisoners. I'm saying. I don't know if I like that. I, I, I'm a little I scared of that at all. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Wow. It ain't, it ain't on it. If it ain't I, on it, it ain't on it. I just hope next time we see DWJ slaps you with his dick. So, <laughs> Considering the amount of lucre that is rolling into my man's pockets <laughs> from these, these well, covers that he's done... <laughs> You'd have to climb up to the throne before you could slap. He literally him. bought Scrooge McDuck's vault 
um, in a in a, in the secondary market after the last nice. Felix drop. Well, he so. deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah, good for him. Uh, um, I don't know yet if um, if I can make that same statement. Uh, I, I, no, obviously not. I can't. But um, I'm, I'm mentioning this as a this, this was a tight race for a favorite limited series, uh, and and it, right now the three for three the image is sweeping my runners up. But uh, my favorite limited series was a another sequel not well by these creators but another follow-up in that uh that that sticky wacky genre that uh doug wagner and daniel hilliard like to uh throw our way this time with uh rico renzi this was plush was my uh was was one of my favorite absolutely one of my top favorite limited series of 2023 huh this, these shows are great because it's so. As much as we talk about things that we all enjoy together, this show is any classicers and maybe less of so the classicers. But but uh, but it's nice to illustrate how like how we have out like outer tales of our interests that don't necessarily hit as hard for the others. Uh, Jeff like, talked other, about like, it on the show. He talked about oh, plush. No, 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 no yeah. you're missing the point. I'm saying like I don't like plush doesn't do anything for me. Right. But yet, it's very close to being on Daps O'Claskers. I'm sure some of the things I mentioned wouldn't even have considered to be on your list, right? But like, but to me, they're almost made it. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is interesting. We're like sort of the fringes of what we love about comics, or or you know, sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't. Right. I understood what he meant. Oh, okay. Well, you're trying <laughs> to defend Dap. I'm not saying Dap didn't talk about blush. Um, I have a shocker as well. Oh, okay. This this may be more shocking than no Transformers on Jason's ballot because I'm a creature of habit, right? Oh, yep. And um, last year we got, to my estimation here, three, at least three books by this man. We got tombs. We got Soichi, and we got Mimi's Tales of Terror. Junji Ito does not appear in my favorite manga category or anywhere else on my ballot. Old. What does that mean, old? Bold, I said bold. Oh, I thought you said bold. It is bold, because uh, Junji's my my go-to favorite manga. Boom. It has to be a, a Junji Ito book. Or, or or favorite horror. There we go. Slide it in. Coverdale style. But no, I, I, I can't. There are things this year that surpassed Mr. Ito. And to be totally honest, the last two, I mean, I enjoyed Mimi and Soichi was, was fun. The only one that of the three that I think compares favorably with his previous work is Tombs. So not a very strong year. I mean, sure, financially, I'm guessing Mr. Mr. Ito had a wonderful year. But creatively, I don't think these, these last three measure up, which is why Junji Ito will not be escaping my lips in two weeks. Crazy, right? That is crazy. 
I think I've I've managed to find a, a comfortable niche for him over the past five years, or probably more. There, I don't think there's been a, a, an Akloskar in the last five, six years where I have not uttered the name Junji Ito. I think you're right. Yeah. It's weird. Mm. It's a little strange. Mm. I kind of like it. I love it's dangerous. I, yeah. 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 I, who knows? We're unpredictable here. On you never conference. know. You just don't. Could step on, <laughs> you could step on a, a an aesthetic landmine and not even know it, and then you got to deal with it. Got to. Yeah. What else? Okay, so we're up to my fourth. Um, normally, the the hardest thing for me is to fit. A lot of my favorites tend to be graphic novels, and it's always like, well, okay, I can put this here, I can put this in this category, and. But inevitably, there's a couple that I adored and um, just can't quite fit into any particular category because they're edged out by something that's a little bit more meaningful to me. <clears throat> and uh, for for my fourth pick, that is what we're dealing with. This would be in the hunt for my favorite graphic novel, but it didn't make it original graphic novel. Uh, and that is uh, Anais Nin, Sea of Lies, uh, written and drawn by Leonie Bischoff. Uh, originally in French, but translated this year beautifully by Fantagraphics. We talked about it on episode 858 for those playing at home. Um, it's an incredible book. Uh, it's it's an erotica book. Uh, Anise is a fascinating woman who, in the 1920s, was overtly sexual and open-minded at a time when that just was not her, that was just absolutely intoler- intolerable, especially for women. Um, and and really carried that boldness through her entire life. But this this book pretty much focuses on her early time emerging into being sort of one of the leading thought makers, man or woman in erotica. And uh, it's just an incredible book that, that the illustrations really do evoke that sense of like eroticism and, and beauty that, uh, that, that to me makes the book special, you know, and then I found not knowing the woman. Well, I found her story to be fascinating as well. So great book. If we had like a favorite, autobio or you know favorite nonfiction, something like that i might have considered it but um but we don't so it's not gonna make it so sad mm. but they do get a consolation prize this episode so win-win right that's right i think it, it would compel someone to check out a book even more so where mm-hmm. if if it was just like you know what this would have won my category uh, if not for the winner, you can't really say that. I mean, you can, but people don't pay attention to that in a in an award show because they want to hear what the winner is. But on, on a laid back, you know, little discourse like this, if you mention it, people be like, "Oh, wasn't aware of that book. I'm gonna check it out." Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. maybe just making shit up. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your fourth that? Um, I think I am going. To um, to go with a uh, favorite fantasy book, um, and what what what? That's my next one. Well, there you go. Oh, nice. There you How go. did you know? Because I wonder if you guys picked the same one. No, probably not. Um, maybe, but uh, it is. Um, it would be Magic Order book, uh, what would I have to, four? 
with this year. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, I after reading the first volume, I then just went through the next three, or <laughs> actually the next two, and then the big game was kind of uh, coming out almost as as the series was was nearing yeah. the fourth volume was nearing its end. But uh, no, that it, it's just whether it's 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 um, it's Quapel or or Dyke or it, it, the art's been amazing. But uh, and and again, it's another book where you even if even if you kind of know where you're going to end up. The, the 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 some of it might be a little predictable and 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 the uh, the destination is could be obvious. Um, it's it's all about the journey with the uh, with the magic order because you do you do want to see good prevail, uh, but good is going to go through a whole hell of a lot of crap before uh, b- b- before they can kind of win the day. Um, so between the art, between the suspense, between what 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 Miller's doing, the words he's putting in people's faces, it's um. It, it it's a lot of fun. It's it's crazy and it's 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 really pretty. Uh, and there's a lot there that I really really enjoy. It's just not enough to make it my favorite fantasy book of 2023. Nice. You're saving that for the big game, clearly. <laughs> for fantasy, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they do go back in time, so sure. I think that's a good turn of phrase for everything Miller does. That um, it's the journey, not the destination. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There, that, that a fits lot of, a lot of what he writes. Oh, I mean, that's where it's going. I think that's his modus operandi, right? Yeah. It's the uh, mm-hmm. it's not how did we? Right. It's not how we got. Yeah, no, it is. It's how we got here. Not not yes. look where we are. Yeah. Right. My guy was prolific this year. For, for real. Sure. I mean, sure. I, I I had to cross his name off a bunch of of. Yeah. Uh, ballots night nightclub was mostly this year it started no two but it was mostly right. this year nemesis we got nemesis reloaded right um we got yeah. uh the ambassadors yep got the ambassadors which was yeah which which was close to making yep. it uh, uh, and we have series, the aforementioned yeah. magic order and then we got uh big, big game as well so yeah that's, crazy that's a, that's a lot of output crazy prolific yeah. yeah i thank him for his efforts i'm not awarding him anything for them but <laughs> but thank you for those efforts no he, he kept me entertained in 23 for sure. Uh, whereas <laughs> any year previously, you couldn't say that. I couldn't say that. I would never consider putting Mark Miller on on a on any of my my best of ballots. And this year, he the books were contenders for many categories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, keeping it uh, favorite fantasy, unlike Jason, um, I had a lot of books. Punching each other for the, the, the right to say favorite fantasy book. I won't go down the list because um, that may tip you off as to the winner. But the winner was ridiculously ahead of all the other ones. Like, not even close. But um, this one was a contender. And, and uh, again, Jason's not going to understand it. Maybe Dap will. But um, a, a, a contender... For my favorite fantasy book for 2023 was Edenwood by Tony S. Daniel, who wrote and illustrated it, and uh, Leonardo Pacciarotti does the color. I I, I wish I I had his number, his digits, as Jason would say. Call my my dude Tony S. Daniel and say, Tony, 
slow down. You're giving too much away because every issue is jam-packed with stuff. It's it's breakneck speed. He's doing subplots and sub subplots and mm-hmm. and and past events and future. It's like stop. You're you're it's it's too much. It's it's like a delicious dish of pasta and then they give you a bowl of meatballs on the side. Do you really need the meatballs? The pasta's great. But the meatballs are there. And that's what Edenwood is. It's just an there, there's so much to love and there's so much of it that it's just it's a weighty heady experience and i love it but it didn't it did not catch up to that book. the third that issue book today down. and it's i mean we're introducing oh you read characters. it yeah, yeah i just it, it's like, like dude the last page of issue two. Oh, here's five six new characters they not don't really do, yeah, they, they mean, don't even it, like factor in to the shit that's going on in issue three like now we got vampires like what now we got the governor it's yeah like, i don't like, i don't i just it's oh, too God, much it's, it's too it much is. it's gorgeous that's yeah yeah yep giant babies like <laughs> what is happening but I, I like that i like if you can surprise me i never would expect to turn a page and see a giant baby going mommy mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. so there you go yeah there's value in that for sure sure there is you just don't understand it but that's okay oh my god <laughs> read it like i could like it i just haven't read no it. i guarantee you won't like it <laughs> no nah, I, I i if i know my jason he will mm. I, yeah so my fifth and final and again for those that that, that I think this was before I don't remember if we said this before or after we recorded but um, I originally didn't make a list based on each specific category because if as I said all of these that you're hearing tonight are not on the ballot anywhere and so this one is going to be the, 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 the boot shaker the what? because this collective uh, group of creators and their output have been littered throughout our lists for Years after year, I mean, there. I don't know that there's been a year where they haven't, they or their work haven't appeared on on our list in some way, shape, or form. But this year, my friends, you will not see Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, Jacob Phillips, Night Fever, or where their body was on Woodrow's Eleven of Phosphorus ballot. That's fucked up. I I can't have that. No, I don't. I, yeah, I yeah. Think... Somebody else will be in the seat of Jason Wood next year. <laughs> yeah. we... I think they're both amazing books, but they have set a very high bar against one another, and I would be lying. And by the way, I think if we listen to the episodes, you guys would be lying too, if you enjoyed either as much as you enjoy Reckless. And um, you can hear those conversations. We actually did a book of the month on Night Fever, uh, which was episode 864. And then we talked about where the body was to some degree, at least Tony Fleece and I did, uh, on episode 885. Yes, we did. We did. We liked Night Fever. No, and, and where the body was, I didn't talk. I, we, we, I don't the three think, of us thought. I don't think any of us, though, about either said that we thought they were as good as, as Reckless. But that's, oh, well, that's a given. Oh, I no. Well, I was the one who said that where the body was, I felt I preferred Night Fever over where the mm-hmm. body was. But yes, absolutely. Um, oh, that's crazy talk, Jason. Nothing. No, no, no. They're not on my list in any way. They, there's. You know, even like a place where I could always stick them in years like best crime uh, book, I, I mystery or crime book. It, it's it didn't make there was something I liked better this year. So uh, yeah, that's Sayonara nice. and, and Sean. Wow, conceivable. It's it is because plus I yeah. knew you would have them on there all oh, throughout your list. It's like it. it's not you're not going to get love. I'm not going to tell you how many categories. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 
pick Ed as your creator of the year like every other year, so I just assume. You know, nope, not good. this year. <laughs> My favorite writer is not Ed Brubaker. I this am year. confident that we don't have a Zoe this year, though. We don't have. Oh, we, we don't have a sweet. We don't have one book where. Nah, I doubt it. Shower it with flowers. Yeah, yeah, I can almost guarantee it. Yep. Yeah. It was that kind of year because also before I get to mine, there was also. I mean, I'm. I was looking over the list, and I'm noticing. I'm looking over my my personal reading list, and I'm noticing gaps, and that's because like you know DC had the stupid like night terrors, or whatever the fuck it was. It's like why are you interrupting things? Like it, it's impossible to kind of like for me to compile everything when I'm like noticing these gaps, and I'm like and and so I don't think last year 2023 I, I, I I'm pretty sure I didn't read as many of of certain categories as I have in years past, only because of what was available. But um, breaking the streak, the image streak for my uh, favorites, favorite runner-ups of, of uh, runners-up of 2023. My favorite superhero book is from Marvel, and it is Miles Morales' Spider-Man. You mean your favorite I, runner-up? Yes, yes. It's still. I mean, yeah. I'm reading off. I'm reading off off the notes, and and it's. I just oh. I copied the favorite yeah, superhero book. That, but yes, it is. It's my runner-up. That's in character. Very much in character, yeah. For me or for Miles? For you. That what? That you that enjoyed that, that be... book. That's in very much in character. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not alone, but yes. No, it, it, I, I went from the, the, the carnage-related issues that I read were, were good. I like to see Gargan as a as a, an Obi-Wan. That's fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that crossover. And I think, yeah, I, I think as, I mean... As silly as it may have been for the crossover to happen, as within that series as early as it did, um, hopefully with any Carnage fans who haven't tried the new Miles book and any Venom fans, uh, then yeah, they maybe you know maybe, maybe they stuck around after. But I I, I, I think Vincenzi's art is is fantastic. I'm I'm enjoying what um, what Zig was doing. It's 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 a fun book and it, it's, it's nice that I'm able to, you know, and enjoy a Spidey book. Cause it's, 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 it's rare these days. Did they pull miles into the gang war? I'm sure they did. Oh yeah, yeah. they did. And I'm not, yeah. And, I, and so I'm not, I'm in no rush to read those issues right. because unlike, I don't know why they, I, I don't know why they pick and choose certain events where, when a character who has an ongoing, they're going to just give them a three issue miniseries so that, it can fit within right. that event and leave the ongoing alone. Uh, but yeah, the, the new Spider Woman book, amazing. Miles, anything that that's in that, I think Luke Cage is the, 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 the fucking jackpot got pulled into the gang war. Yes, I just, stop. Just that that, uh, that going with her. Uh, yeah, I know, but that that disqualifies the entire event. If you got to pull Mary Jane into it, it's you're done. What's the value <laughs> of the event? Now you got the herpes, so your books are dead. Apropos of nothing, I will say that I finished Spider Man Two this week. Yeah, wow, wow. you played it fast. Wow. It was amazing, absolutely incredible, and uh, and and I was thinking as I was playing it, like this is a better Spider Man story than we've gotten. Oh, for sure, like in yeah. years, yeah. Um, especially this one because the game just intertwines Pete and Miles or or in the game together throughout most of the game, which is great. Um, but Mary Jane is is uh Crackle. is in the is in the book, but she is uh 
an investigative journalist. And oh, yeah, okay. Christ. How do you wait? How do you spell that? Is it I T apostrophe S or I T S? You figure it out there, redhead. Okay. Wow, you talk about some ginger hate going on. No, I don't have. I oh, know it's MJ hate. Not I yeah. love gingers. Remember, this isn't all. This isn't. This isn't the six one six universe. He's very competent in this. Yeah, it must be a fantasy then. It's a fantasy book. Yep. Yeah, it's a fantasy game. And she does at one point become. It's very symbiote heavy. This game, Vince. Ooh, but I don't have the whole. Any. The whole premise is uh, well. The first half, the major villain is Craven, and then the second half of the game, the villain is Venom. Nice. I don't have a whole lot of love for Craven. She was yeah, stayed. Nice. Should have stayed dead. Absolutely. That was well. This is. Yeah. I mean, again, in the video game universe, he's. This is him. This is the last hunt. It's basically the last hunt in the video game. Right. Which is pretty dope. I always thought it was weird that that Craven was a Spider-Man uh, villain to begin with. Like maybe Kazar, or you know, like but mm. but Spider-Man. Like uh, okay, yeah, I, I would always groan. When, when, but they, again, groaning <laughs> the vest, at, at man, I don't get the vest. What no, is it with the eyes. But, and it's like, oh. <laughs> but groaning at Craven and and fist pumping at Stegron. Like the jokes on me, <laughs> right? Yeah, for very very much. Yes. Yeah, I love Stegron, but I, there there are people out there who'd be like that fucking amazing issue with the lizard and Stegron at Christmas time. Shut up! That that was like my jam, dude. <laughs> love it. But anyway, so there you go. Um, Should we recap? Uh, sure. Okay, I'll, so I'll I'll just read mine. Yeah. Also, Rands for favorite horror midnight show, favorite superhero. Wolverine, oh, it pains me. It just that hurts my heart not to give the nod to Wolverine. Favorite ongoing ice cream man. Favorite fantasy Edenwood, and ain't no love in the man- manga category for Junji Ito this year. Sorry. It is what it is. Yeah. All right. Um, mine were. Uh, favorite original graphic novel. Uh, Anais Nin, Sea of Lies, favorite collected edition, uh, Why Don't You Love Me? I do, though. Favorite, what's that? Exactly. I do, I do, though. Favorite superhero comic, Birds of Prey. Um, favorite new comic, Transformers. And the big one, favorite nothing, ain't nowhere to be found, Brubaker Phillips, Phillips, Night Fever, Where the Body Was. All right. It's a good thing I'm sitting down. (laughs) Run is his ups. Uh, Favorite suspense or horror book, Dark Ride from Image. Favorite new comic, Petrolhead from Image. Favorite limited series, Plush from Image. Favorite fantasy book, Magic Order, volume four, book four from Image. And favorite superhero book, Miles Morales, Spider-Man from Marvel Comics. There you nice. go. And there are no losers in this game. I think all these books are great. And you should just go out and, and if you haven't read them or sampled them, do so. Because you'll probably find something among the giant horde of books we talked about that you'll uh, enjoy. I guarantee it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we have a little bit of business to take care of before we move on to talk about some comics. We should have did this at the, the, the top of the uh, episode. It's true. Uh, it's okay. But in typical form. Uh, fashion uh we're gonna do it in the middle so we've been teasing 
that we are going to change the Patreon for the, the for the better. And, and Jason's going to tell you all about it because uh, <laughs> Dap and I were just spectators in this. So well, that's not true. That's uh, pretty not much. True. Pretty much. No. What? No. Okay. Uh, we no. would we would interject and 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 add our our two cents, but for the most part, you were driving this bus, and I like it that way. So tell them what you did. I mean, I don't see it that way because I think we need to frame it in a more like holistic view, which is that we we decided through many conversations about oh, no, the that... site, the podcast. We have tried many things over the years. Some have stuck, some have not. Um, you know, and ultimately we said, you know what? We're at the point we're entering our 16th year, which is pretty crazy. We only show in 28, 2008. Um, we're all I'm fast approaching 50 boys are over 50 we're like you know what life's too short let's make sure that EOC is only about what gives us joy yes and we literally discussed at multiple ways and multiple angles the things that we do related to EOC that we love doing top of which of course is just getting together to talk comics with you Jim Oaks and the things that we do because we feel like we have to or there's like momentum behind them but we don't necessarily love to do, or we don't get a lot of feedback for it. And so we're not sure it's worth the effort. And we ultimately just said like, you know what? Screw it. Let's, let's rebrand the offering on the Patreon and simplify it. And let's focus on providing what gives us joy and let everything else go to the wayside. Doesn't mean it's never going to be there. Doesn't mean we're not going to get a, 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 an itch to do a, a little monthly feature or do a post about something that's all still on the table, but just like committing to doing all these extra things that again we didn't really know if like there were there was much interest in them one way or the other you know which is part of the equation we just kind of peeled it all back and said let's just keep it simple so here's the deal if you're familiar with our patreon um there used to be six tiers now admittedly a few of the tiers were kind of like tongue-in-cheek aspirational but but they all were there we clean that up um there are only three tiers now there's the existing long-standing $1 tier, which is basically like a tip jar, a thank you, like we appreciate your support type of a thing. That remains unchanged. Um, the $5 tier, we've completely revamped. If you're already on the $5 tier, you just you get the revamp. It's actually, you're probably getting a little bit more. Um, but like all the little sort of like the bells and whistles of getting it, what you get with the main reason, we, we renamed it, the, the main reason for doing the $5 tier now is you're going to need to do the $5 tier if you want the bonus episode. Some of you may remember that for years, a part of the Patreon was that if we had like an, enough total Patreon um, commitments, we would do a fifth or a sixth episode per um, per month. Um, it's going to be different now. We're going to give you uh, we're going to give you the, the free episodes, which you're listening to now. Um, and Vince will have more to say about that in a minute. But the bonus episode, which may or may not be the book of the month, we have to talk through that. But but the bonus episode, like whatever you would consider the fifth bonus episode you would used to getting will be behind the paywall. You will need to be a member of the $5 or above Patreon to get that episode. So you're going to get plenty of us for free, but if you want that that extra Jean, you're going to have to be part of this Patreon. And then last but not least, we have had we had two $10 tiers. We now only have the one, and, and again, most of the people that are in that $10 tier will remain, and that gets you access to the EOC Slack, which is our, really at this point, our only active online community. I mean, David, Vince, and I are all collectively parts of things like Instagram or, or Reddit or Facebook. But 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 the three of us, especially interacting about comics, is pretty much 
limited to the Slack. It's it's an awesome place, judgment free, well moderated, all super cool people in there being very active, talking about life, the universe, and everything. Um, so that will be, which as it is now, if you pay ten dollars, you get access to the Slack if you want it, and that's it. That's that's that is the that is the Patreon now. That's um, the whole you know, enchilada. So that's the whole enchilada, and obviously. Yeah. We think that's sort of a good balance between supporting the show, which we've always deeply appreciated and continue to do so, and giving, I think, the things that people care about. Because bluntly, we're not sure. There's always going to be a few people that love each kind of each little thing that we did beyond that. But but we don't know if it's more than a few people. And we've made several calls over the last year or two for feedback to suggest like that these features are really popular or, or be, be sustained. And we didn't get much feedback. And I think part of that, let's be fair, I think part of that that we've learned is that um, a lot of you support us and we love that via Patreon, even though you don't like the Patreon site. And we're not really particularly big fans of the site either, if we're being honest. So a lot of the stuff that we flow through the Patreon, like Vince's daily posts, Daph's daily posts, you know, my art reviews, all the stuff that we do – it doesn't get seen by a lot of you, even if you're patrons, because you just don't go to the site and you don't like the mobile app, and we get that. So we're going to try and take the majority of the stuff that we did on the Patreon feed that we enjoy doing and doing it in the Slack. So, for example, like if Vince is doing a, you know, a series of covers of the day, which he did, I mean, he's doing other things now, but I don't want to bury the lead, but like we would put that on the Slack now. Um, if I'm going to review... Uh, the cool pieces from a comic linker heritage art auction instead of doing the Patreon, I will put it on the Slack. You know, same thing if Dap's doing a you know inker feature or some kind of thing that he wants to do, he'll put it on the Slack and we'll have a channel for that. So that's it's a really good. We're basically trying to transition the majority of our content and conversation into Slack because it's the place where we actually have engagement and conversation with people. Yeah, so and it's very user friendly, unlike yeah. the Patreon. Yeah. Correct. Uh, no, I think so, it's a one-two punch of brilliance. Like it was, the Slack was Dap's brainchild, and holy shit, if we didn't have the Slack, um, the Slack was the, the 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 enterprise. I mean, for uh, many years, yeah, it, it well, was ta- and, and it I was taking us, you know, to boldly go right. The, yeah. But now you deciding that the Patreon content is more appropriate for the Slack. That's the oh, yo, that's the follow up shot. I right, think that's absolutely. very perfect. Yeah, nice. Now we also have another piece of somewhat big news. I do uh, a question though before oh, you move oh, on on tears. Oh, so say we get a thousand five dollar patrons okay. that want a bonus episode. We're not going to give a thousand people just one bonus episode. Oh, we, that's fair. Okay, is is say, it is yeah, it that's fair? Is it on a scale like say we get you know two hundred. Well, that's, Five? Listen, that's entirely up to us, right? I mean, I will say that. Well, I mean, I, I think your point should be. I well, think... no. What I'm saying is, to your point, we 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 had this Patreon actually got rid of this ability to like tie rewards to um like overall levels of revenue. That, I don't know if you noticed that that because again, people don't go to the site very often, but that used to be a thing you could do, and that's how we originally set it up, and that's where we had the thing that said if it was over X, it would be five episodes. If it was over Y, it would be six episodes. They got rid of that entirely. At right. Some point did a re- reboot so you can't like that didn't even really exist per se anymore but we obviously be honored it Dumb. so i think to your point i mean yeah i think that's fair if we get enough five dollar subscribers particularly a bunch of new ones and the people speak then i think we're all more than happy to to offer up a, a more than one and, bonus and, and the bonus is curated whereas before and i'm sure we're still going to do this to a certain degree before you would get hours and hours of of audio that no one heard but it wasn't really curated it was just us talking about 
you know, uh, picking, picking, uh, conceptual scabs, right? Just talking about anything. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're getting a bonus episode, that is a produced episode of, um, varying length where we talk about nothing but comics as we do on the upside, like, you know, top yeah. level. So yeah, I think if we get an, uh, a huge influx of, of, uh, $5 patrons, then I think we should give them more than one bonus episode. Hey, that that'd be a nice problem to have. Um, yes, and then the, the other big thing, which is for you to discuss as well, is we are after fifteen plus years, uh, somewhat changing the structure of the show, but nothing earth shattering. So, like, it's not a magazine format. No, which is a nice shot. Eight, but, no. HC, but this is not like a, a, a different. But go ahead, Vince. Explain what, what we're. All right, um, you're actually going to benefit from the change because we're not coming to you once per week. We're coming to you twice per week. We're making the episodes a little bit more um, digestible. Like you're not going to be listening to an episode for two, two and a half hours, but you're going to get it twice a week. So two separate entities a week, each and every week. Where I think, um, you know, it's an hour and change an episode, whereas now you're getting two hours and change. Um, it's going to be the same, only different. Right. <laughs> you're going to get a, content, no right. change there. Same structure. We're going to, three of us going to talk comics. Occasionally we'll have a fourth chair. I mean, none of that's going to change per yeah, se. But, Tony will be back. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but right. But we'll, you'll, you'll get it in your feed as two episodes that are shorter. And, you know, I, I mentioned this, I was told you guys I was just having dinner with the fam and, and they were asking, you know, oh, what are you guys doing for the show tonight? And I was kind of catching them up to speed on some of these things. And, um, and you know, when we started the show, I, my wife and my kids had no idea what a podcast was, right? Like most of the world, like they, she did literally was like, what do you mean you're starting a podcast with your friends? I don't know what that is. I mean, but now we're in a world where everybody listens to podcasts of some kind. And uh, so I told the fam and they were all like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. No one wants to listen to two and a half hour episodes. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh yeah, I, get, I mean, I mean, now I, I, again, I think the people that are listening to this now are fine with it because that's what we've always been. But again, I think hopefully those people won't mind splitting it up and then potential new listeners will be more apt to try an hour conversation, especially if it's something like an interview or a specific topic. They're like, oh, I'm into this instead of having to, you know, pop on a three hour episode and try and figure out where exactly during the conversation we're talking about the thing they want to hear about. We're going to keep it tight and right. Maybe even terse. In a weird way. Where, I don't know right? if we have that in us, but we'll try. No, but, yeah. but we're going to bring, um, for each episode, we're going to bring a very specific amount of things each. Right. Uh, it's called one. And um, <laughs> talk about it, give it its due. Uh, the, the, the whole thing is, is predicated on you're not going to bring a book you didn't enjoy to a 20-minute or so discourse. You're not going right. to do it, right? You're going to bring something that you are eager to tell or to talk about so uh i i think it's just it's it's an uh an all winners uh situation where it's just going to be we're going to continue with the 11 o'clock comics positivity but it's going to be in in uh, easier to to chew uh chunks twice a week bam yeah you'll love it merry new year people <laughs> that stupid movie Bro, that's my favorite movies of all time. Uh, well, we all have our tastes. Oh, we? my gosh. 
I have a commission of that from Alex Regal. I that. know you do. What does that automatically know. elevate the movie? I don't think so. It's a cl- all time classic. I mean, it's an okay movie. It's oh an okay God. movie. This is, this this is taking a direction I did not intend for this conversation to take. Well, okay, let's. But, but while we're on the subject of you two being dead wrong about something, that's wait, a great wait, segue. Wait, wait, that's wait. a great. That's what a great am I wrong about? Both. Oh, I thought you didn't like training. I thought you were alluding with him that you didn't like training training places. No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. No, I, 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 I'm. It may not be one of my all time banger favorites. I, it's. I enjoy the movie. Um, There's two really good things in Trading Places. Yes, okay, well, both belong to Jamie Lee Curtis. I was going to say let's let's not go. Let's not work blue now. We're yeah. classy joint. The, uh, um, but it, it, as we all have our our, our picadillos. I mean, yes, Jason enjoys Trading Places, and Vince enjoys. Anything by Adam Sandler. So Anything. We, really, none of us don't have much uh, legs to stand on. No, it's it's you know, true. Any, it's Sandler, except Lart, whether it's you know, except on Cut Gems. Hated one it. movie that, that Jason thing. likes. Of his, yeah, his, hated his it. Hated it. Yeah. Anyway, but whatever. <laughs> but in, the 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 joke segue was that you two disliking something I love, and that's where I got to bring up a major thank you because I can't forget it. Because we have been ridiculously fortunate over the years with people being kind to us from the gifts. We've gotten some amazing gifts from folks. Like truth, just as like a thank you, and it's pretty. It's like almost like it's almost embarrassing at times because it's like they're so kind. You're like, damn, I'm not that kind to you. Um, <laughs> but um, well, no, I'm saying right. Like sometimes people have bowled us over with their kindness. Right? It's it's been remarkable. Um, and that happened this week to me. I received a package in the uh, the air mails from a longtime friend of the show, uh, Mr. Tim Meekins. Oh, I know and, him. Yeah, you know him. And oh, inside this curious. package was a, a trove of wonderful things, um, not the least of which uh, is uh, a couple pieces of art. So I had to shout him out because it's just ridiculous. And um, so first up is a... And I'll post these on the Slack. I'll post pictures of them. But is uh, a, a beautiful little trading card size, fully colored domino um, by Josh Hood, uh, who was tabled next to a fellow Slack member KJ um, at, uh, at at Heroes, I believe. Um, and then there's an awesome Moby Dick piece uh, by a creator that he met at Thought Bubble named Claude TC. And he also sent me, and I haven't read it yet, Claude's comic, which is called uh, Viscera Sarah, like 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 Kesera Sarah, whatever will bleed will bleed, and yeah. uh, and so it looks super fun, but I haven't read it yet. But I'll speak on that when I do. And then the piece de resistance, the thing that made me verklempt, and when Wise was joking that it's a good soaker from you guys not liking something I love, my man sent me a page from Next Wave, holy as shit, in the OG Stuart Eminen Next Wave. He sent me a published page from that book, which you all know jokes. I know you guys didn't. We, we all long time listeners know you two didn't like the book much at all. I adore the book. Uh, and and it is for it's it's drawn by Stuart Eminem. I am gobsmacked. I have not seen these pages in the ether of all the years of collecting um, OA. They rarely have come up as available for sale. And my man procured several. Uh, and 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 gave one to me. I, I'm I'm just gobsmacked by it. It's That's it's fantastic. such a kind gesture. So, thank you, Tim. I will endeavor when I see you at Heroes next year to try and uh, to at least this year. Oh, this year, right? Exactly. Yeah, it, it, to to make good in some way uh, for this kindness. So, 
that's wonderful. I think we lost Vince. Oh, that next wave, love. Yeah, he, he heard next wave and, and signed off. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> like oh, my fire. God. No, I, I did not hear next wave. You back? I, I did, <laughs> unless I can throw my voice. Yes. <laughs> I am back. So there you go. How kind is that? It's that is ridiculously man. kind. Yes. Yeah. But Tim is a good man. He He's sure a is. great man. So, you were very, Jason was very thankful that, um, well, probably I finally read something. Oh, that, yeah. That he cool. said we can all team up on. Why did, then I didn't know, though, if you were going to not, because you were saying it's probably going to be on your ballot. So. Well, it is, but I think we should talk about it. But even then, even if it's on a ballot, like we, we, we can't vote the time to it on the award oh, show. True. So yeah. true. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Why and don't you tell them what it is, Jason? Time, so. Well, I, I, yeah, I'm a, you, you didn't number it, so I'm assuming you read the entirety of Dwellings by Jay Stevens. All of it. Yes. Which is three three large-sized issues. Three, well, three no, depending on where you... It's, it's the only reprint. Only right. reprinted the, the, the six books and, and, and put the, and made them double-sized. So we got we got three issues from Oni, but the originals are, are six issues. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay, because I, cause I, I, have, I have not read the collection yet. I have the three Oni issues. Yeah, so do I. And, okay. and our Arbu Ray, he, uh, he, he actually, I think it was... It was either crowdfunder. It was one of those. It was one of the crowdsourcing sites where he got them originally when they were crowdfunded. Okay, so Vince, when you say you read, are you talking about those three that we're talking about? Or are you the talking about the three whole thing? only issues? Yes. Okay, that's yeah, all of then. it. Yeah. 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 Okay. About now, had you had you not read any of them? Because we mentioned in, in passing a few times. I know Tony even mentioned it when he was here, but but you hadn't read any of them. Well, I've been buying them. As they've okay. been coming out from Oni, but I didn't read them because I knew it was going to be three prestige format issues. Yeah. And I never got, I wanted to read the first one when I got it in my little grubby hands, but I, for whatever reason, it didn't pan out. So then by the time the second one came, I was like, oh, well, I might as well just read them all in one shot. Because I did not know, I thought, that the narrative continued over the course of each issue. It does. It is yeah. a shared um, yeah. universe type thing uh, f surrounding this uh, Canadian town uh, called. I don't even know. Do they call them towns in Canada? Yes, it's called Elwich. Elwich is it's a right. small town of Elwich. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was going to get there, but um, so I didn't know whether the or not the the narrative was connected. So I just waited until um, the the issues all came out, but. Um, I guess I, I would like to preface anything I'm going to say with the fact that this book could have ran dangerously close to being just a really cute Harvey pastiche. Uh, and it would have been noteworthy for that. Um, you mean like Santa's sisters? 
Right. Uh, and that's the difference between Dwellings and and Santo Sisters. Like, I yeah. enjoyed the first Santo Sisters. Every issue after, I'm like, do I really need more of this? It's really yeah, not too. But but the, the, the saving grace of Dwellings is that, yes, it is wrapped in a Harvey Comics pastiche. But the stories are so well done that the stories could exist and be totally satisfying on their own removed from the Harvey pastiche that's what won this won me over with this book that you didn't really need it but it was just another very interesting conceptual layer on top of everything Jay Stevens did well I mean he did this straight um just illustrated the stories as conceived without the harvey pastiche they would have been really successful compelling pieces of of storytelling on their own but the fact that it has the 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 conceptual hook to to unify all of the stories with the harvey pastiche i think that that book that that decision just elevated this thing far above what it would have been for me and I love it. Does that make any sense? Yes, absolutely. I think yeah. the stories are really, really well done, exceptionally well done. Um, so, you know, I we all walk away from a horror book saying, Did we, you know, were you really scared? Did this really frighten you? Or the the one that really gets me, this book is terrifying. No, the book is not terrifying. Because if it was, you would have dropped it and ran away, right? You can't use terrifying for a, a, a work of creative fiction it just doesn't it's not it's inappropriate for the word terrifying right but whatever i thought all of the stories were had a, a, a level of ick a level of creepiness that was unsettling at the very least and at best extremely memorable and when when you're talking 58 years old, extremely memorable is is a win, right? If if you can stand out from all of the stuff we read on a monthly basis, and make me remember, like, oh, okay, that was when, like, you've you've won because you've obviously honed your skills to the point where uh, every facet is just blinding, right? Yeah, I think it's well said. I mean, I think it's it's you crack it open, and I, honestly, I didn't I didn't glom onto the first issue at first because I thought just what you were alluding to. I'm like, oh, it's it's going to be like really cutesy, you know, like maybe, like, maybe a little Richard, Richard's a murder. Like, yeah, like a Twilight Zone type of a thing. Like, no, I didn't even think it was going to be. I didn't realize it was going to be legit horror. And then once I saw the discussion of the first issue, I thought, oh, this is dope, and I was able to pick it up and go from there but um no i'm with you i think i think it's it's it straddles that fence which is tricky to do right i mean we've had a few this the recent recent couple years though i mean the beneath the trees where nobody sees is in that again different art different visual style entirely but but the same kind of idea of bringing you back to these safe childhood visuals and stories that and then showing you a really sadistic violence and instead or horror instead um you know i, I would say stray dogs fits into that obviously um you know, Pharaoh will fit into that. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, I'm with you. And, and it's it's very very odd because the the Harvey pastiche 
almost disappears at one point. Like by by the end of issue one, I was like, okay. Opening issue two, I didn't. It didn't register to me that I was reading a pastiche. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is the environment for the stories I'm reading, and it, it almost like the the the, the Harvey um, homage kind of melted away, and it became its own thing. That's that's very hard to do. Like you can't separate Archie from Santos sisters because it relies so heavily on these un Archie acting females, you know, yep. uh existing within this little bubble. But there's no bubble in dwellings. Like the the narrative exists independent of the pastiche. It's just mm-hmm. it's, you can recognize it and understand it, but I mean, if you gave dwellings to a bunch of current readers, chances are very good that the I don't want to say the majority of, of, of readers, but at least half of them would be like, you know, this is beautiful to look at and not make the connection that this kind of stuff existed, a, you know, a while back on a monthly mm-hmm. basis, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I think where if you if you unplugged Archie from Santos Sisters, that corpus would die. But if you unplug the the Harvey from Dwellings, that that body's still going to live and breathe. So that's mm. pretty much the highest compliment I can give to it. That uh, I think Stevens was very smart in um, you know deciding to do it within that wrapper. But mm-hmm. the stories are just so damn good that you don't even need the the, the conceptual hook. Yeah. This this reminded me. Well, not reminded me, but this I thought would be a perfect conceptual continuity companion to um, Wally Gropius by Fantagraphics, right? Which was, and not in any way a horror book, but it was a similar idea. It was this, it was this Harvey style, Richie Rich style book where it was just a total unapologetic seething send up on capitalism, right? But 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 drawn in that in that same way. Um, so I, I I think when well executed, these are super fun things. Initially, I was like, 10 bucks an issue? Wow, that's a bit steep. But it's not when you think about it because you're getting, you're getting two issues prestige bound for the price of two issues. Yeah, <laughs> I full, mean, the, full the, color. yeah, these days, $4.99 is the going rate, right? So, uh, I think the presentation and, and the faux ads. Oh, yeah. He's so smart because, um, like Chris Ware, the, the faux ads, actually play into the narratives going on like the baseball bat the red and blue baseball bat pops up in an ad for one issue and there are like the little clues you know if you're re well obviously you 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 will you will read the narratives because you're not just going to jump out of the book because of a of a um you know johnson smith pastiche ad but no the, the all of the text is is very um cohesive because it all plays into the same end game like he's stevens has a goal and and so the the pastiche ads add flavor or contribute to reaching that goal like it's just such a smart freaking series and it's not even in the same issue like the the rat the, the rat poison you don't see an ad for that until like the third issue right. so it, it's i mean it and like you said it's 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 a shared conceptual universe but 
the, the little gags or Easter eggs, they're not just crammed into the same issue. They might have appeared in one of the two stories. It's it's yeah. they'll they'll be sprinkled out. So if you're paying attention, uh, you get that little callback. And it's just it, it's it it's just really well done. I mean, it's 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 beautifully illustrated. I just I the stories again. I'm not. Me not being keen on horror, uh, I it still was a a very entertaining three double sized issues. I'm I'm uh, kind of kicking myself that I didn't I didn't back it when they were originally announced, uh, so I could have read them ages ago. But um, you know, but it to love and lost. This has just been it, it's 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 just it's good stuff. I'm so glad that Oni decided to, however it worked out. Jay went to Oni, Oni went to Jay, I don't know, but uh, Oni decided to, to repackage and, and reprint them, and, and it's it's our game. And, um, yeah, absolutely, if if, uh, if they came out, again, this is one of those things, if they came out earlier in the year, absolutely would have uh, would have hit a couple of categories on, on my Oscars, but I can't, um, I absolutely, I, I hope we'll get more, but this is, uh, this is an absolute blast. It, it definitely definitely recommend it uh, it is um yeah the 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 stories are the, the, the anthology style they, they're done in ones but again they, they they do connect you got some detectives who are you know following up on murders and they'll pop up again later on little um the house the the apartment buildings like the, the, the devil show up in the background in later stories it's just it's the town obviously isn't that big but uh just knowing that um you know, someone's going to walk down the street past the store that a murder happened in front of in an earlier story. It's just, it's, it's neat. I, I, I like when they can play around with something like that. And, you know, it's, it's not a, uh, you know, if, if you're the type of person who wants to read stories where good guys win and evil is vanquished, this may not necessarily be the series for you, but uh, you'll still get a kick out of it, I feel. There's there, there there's nothing wrong with this series. Yeah, it's the I hate to to attribute the the um, tendency to him because it was done by scriptwriters before or, or previous to his existence, but it's the Tarantino Pulp Fiction method where you have uh, a narrative where something's going on in the foreground and in the background, oh, yeah. you see characters that will appear later in the narrative with their roles switched like someone will yep. be in the foreground uh, it's 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 easy to do but it's so gratifying to read where you're like oh my god this so this is when this and we're like this building is the place where this thing happened and um yeah uh i'm not gonna lie this i'm glad that i read this before the cutoff for the 11 o'clock like I, i'm so glad i got around to reading it because um oh yeah as you would expect this thing factors heavily into my 11 o'clockers but for me um i don't think it gets better than the first story <laughs> He does, he does, that he first does, story is a kick that's, right in the balls. Great. It really is. Yeah. Um, I like it. I shouldn't say that. Not only the first story, but the entire first issue. I think the two stories in the first issue, uh, Oni format, are the strongest two stories in the entire anthology. 
I feel so bad for Dawn. Hey. I know. Shit happens. And then Dawn appears in the damn ad in that story, too. Yes. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. And um, there's, again, there's very little light in the Canadia, in the dwelling, <laughs> yeah. dwelling universe. So, no, great. Uh, I mean, it'll cost you, for the three only issues, it'll cost you pre-discount 30 bucks, but it's, there well, is, it's well worth it. There is a, uh, I believe April is when yep. uh, the collection comes out for these. So, if you and, didn't, if you, if, if you slept on them. You can wait till spring and get it all in one shot. Right. And Dap, uh, if you follow Jay on the Insta, we learned, I think it was today, that uh, there's going to be a gold key pastiche. Ooh. He's either teaming up with gold key or he's doing something because the gold, gold key logo is prominently featured. And it's about a dog, I think. So just go to Insta and look up Jay Stevens and it's right there. And I don't want to do it now because of the typing sounds. But uh, yeah, Figgy, Figgy, furthermore, the spirit guide dog, the spirit guide dog, yes. So there's more of this coming. It it says Gold Key, but it looks Harvey to me. But whatever. I mean, more <laughs> more the same. I'm down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. So there you go. This was fun. Yeah, this is a fun episode. Big twins lists all the things. Yeah. It's like a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. It's true. Yes. And you know who to point the finger at? Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Because if you're looking for omniboo editions, trade paperbacks, um, manga, OGNs, that was a hard category for me. The OGN category. I had like I think nine or ten contenders. And two of them were Rubaker Phillips. Maybe. This is true. Yeah. Um, and I will say the Brubaker Phillips did not win in the OGN category. Ooh. I'm not surprised. Considering what we were given this year from you, that doesn't surprise I'll me. give you a little bonus to our top five also rans. The closest contender to the winner of favorite OGN was Dying Star from Humanoids. Oh, wow. Yeah. That didn't win, though. But I, we loved Dying Star. I yes, loved it. Don't, I don't thought, talk about that too much because I didn't, I didn't oh, mention it. Oh, snap. Oh, okay. All right. Pulling out. <laughs> wiping it off. Uh, so, yeah. Cheapgraphicnovels.com where you can get all that stuff at a fraction of the retail price and reply to that email saying thank you for ordering because once you do, Max is going to say you are so smart and handsome and attractive and pretty where we're going to give you free shipping on your second order. Cheapgraphicnovels.com I have two things for your in your travels. In your travels, this is the one I'm going to talk about right now is current. This is current. So you should run out and get this. Our, our, you know, my, our good buddy, James Whiting, in the Will, Will Wheaton format, but it's, it's James Whiting, James Whiting Studio. He sent me a copy of the complete world famous creatures. Nice. Yes. This is a monster, pun intended, of a tome. It goes for fifty nine ninety five, uh, cheaper 
at various other places. But um, this world-famous creatures is published by Fantico and the Whiting Studio, of which James Whiting is the head. Uh, Dennis Druck Tennis uh, reprinted the second issue a while back, but to my knowledge, this is the first time all four world-famous creatures issues have been collected. They were approximately published by monthly in uh, 58 to 59 by Magson Publications. Um, they're, I'm a monster kid, so these books go down real easy. And, you, the, you know, all of the, 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 the favorite cast of characters are represented. It, the Terror from Outer Space. You got your Carla Frankenstein, your Lugosi Dracula. You got Night of the Blood Beast. Uh, the whole melange of, of, uh, famous monsters. Pun intended. Because world famous creatures was designed as a famous monsters killer. Or at least competitor. Because, uh, number one, famous is in the title in Famous Monsters. Uh, that's how omnipresent Ackerman and Warren's Famous Monsters was back in the day, where people would just publish magazines to try and take it down. And unfortunately, none of them did. I mean, for the, the publishers involved. But um, to give credit where it's due, World Famous Creatures was never... Uh, a prestige publishing uh, project. <laughs> These issues were very cheaply um, produced. Uh, newsprint, crappy paper, crappy cover stock. Just it was a cash in. It was a cash grab to try and knock Forrest Ackerman's uh, famous monsters off off the newsstand pedestal. But I I think it's pretty safe to say that the Whiting Studio and Fanico have produced the absolute best representation of these uh, hastily produced crappy-ass issues that you're ever going to find. That's a compliment. But to, to get back on track, why, why, Vince, are you bringing this book to a show about comics? You said it, it's, a, it's a monster magazine. It is a monster magazine. But, um, again, remember, it was designed to emulate Famous Monsters. Now, Famous Monsters, if you remember, in the back pages had uh, the Captain Company products where you can order monster-themed products and have them delivered right to your door. Why is that important? Well, World Famous Creatures did the same thing, and in the back of the issues, all of the products are illustrated by... John Severin. Oh, shit. Yes. All of these, you know, you can buy Slinky Winky Monster Eyes. You can defend yourself from monsters and creatures. Uh, you can buy a rubber jumping frog. All of this, these and many more, are illustrated by the great John Severin. But it doesn't end there. In two issues of World Famous Creatures, there are honest-to-gosh comics in there. And in one issue, you get I Was a Teenaged Weird Wolf, drawn by very early John Severin. So I feel justified in bringing this to a comic show when we got one of the world's greatest comic illustrators at work within the pages of uh, World Famous Creatures. 
So go out and get the complete World Famous Creatures from Fantago, Fantico and Whiting Studio. It is worth every freaking penny. If you were to buy these issues, they would cost you shit. I think the first one goes for like, it's either the first one or the fourth one that goes for like a hundred bucks, gem mint condition. This book's, this book's only 60 bucks. So go, it's a hardcover. And it's heavy. Really quality paper. I'm not going to do my second thing because I went long on this. I'll bring it next episode. Um, so yeah, world famous creatures. Go get it. It's beautiful. Nice. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, he, does, he he does some good packaging. He does. I like yep. James. Good dude. Yep. He is a good dude. Uh, in your travels, this was a uh, as we've talked about magnetic in the past. Uh, they'll do a Kickstarter for some of their uh, some of their projects and. Uh, enough gets uh enough get funded and and do well enough they'll end up in previews i tend to back the ones that uh you might get some extra perks like i did it with with paris 2119 and 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 the swag that came with it similar to this um this came in a a very gorgeous slip case with, with with a magnetic closure um it is Black Box Chronicles. Uh, it is uh, it was designed, primarily written by Mark Shea and Chris Northrop. It's an anthology. Uh, the Kickstarter was a hardcover, and the the slipcase comes with a second hardcover called Black Box Design Space, and that is a um, that's basically if you if you like your um, your Jake Parker space book, spaceship books. Uh, if, if you like uh, your next generation technical manuals, things like that, that's, that's what uh, design space is all about. It, it, it spotlights the, the ships and the gear and the technology that we see throughout the main story. Um, within black box chronicles, all, all, all the different stories there, the creative teams, uh, you have artists like Zach Howard, Eric Donovan, um, Marco Federa, Gavin Smith, David Messina, Michael Ivan Oming, um, Christian Dabari, Drew Moss. There's a couple of stories and written, like I said, mostly by Mark Shea or Chris Northrop uh, and Chris Northrop. But you've got a couple of um, got a couple of stories here and there, like by M. Sean McManus. Um, Taki Soma. Surprisingly, she does not write her husband's story, but um, the idea behind the black boxes are very similar to the black boxes that are on airlines, where uh, they're used to determine, to investigate what caused the plane to malfunction. Um, and, and these black boxes operate in a similar way, they just go beyond that because we're talking about um, the great outward expansion, and and there are uh, there's there's two timelines. There's the great outward expansion, uh, which could, there are a few stories that take place during that era, and then after that, you get um, the uh, the 
second outward expansion or what is um what is considered um AC and and the um that that there's they go into great detail uh before each story to um to tell you when it's taking place so you get to see how the technology changes how how uh how how people change what um what else goes on during during these eras but the uh the ac is what i'm trying to remember what um the ac era um it it's there was a change there was a um I believe one of the black boxes had um, had returned from going as far as any ship has gone. The AC stands for after contact, and um, there is a uh, there's a bit of a shift in the, the before and after. Uh, but but the stories are absolutely um, it, it it's weird. I was reading this and then looking at the. Um, there's a conversation Jason and I are having with, uh, with, with the NC boys and Vander regarding uh, Rolling Stone's silly 150 best science fiction movies of, of all time. And um, it occurred to me, and, and it has in the past as well, especially when things like Alien and Prometheus. Um, there's one genre that I absolutely adore, which I think most of us know is science fiction. And then there's a genre that I'm not a huge fan of which is horror and uh, there's a massive the, the venn diagram is, is practically mostly a circle in the middle there with 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 when these genres tend to intersect and um and while there are some maybe like oh henry style stories in black box chronicles there there's definitely some horror stories uh because again you know scientists find ways to they're all about exploring and figuring things out. And, and sometimes we can be stupid and, and, and go a little too far and do things that we really shouldn't maybe mess with. But um, it, it's the space is scary. And as somebody who's afraid of heights, not necessarily maybe the heights, just the crashing part, but it, it's, it's, it's insane. And when I think about how many stories that I enjoy, which have to do with the far reaches of space and getting as far away from the planet as possible. But the, um, there, there's there's a lot of good in here. There, there's some stories that uh, it, 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 a lot of them can tug at the heartstrings. There can be a little emotional. Uh, there's a uh, there's a, a there's parents who their, their ship had crashed, and the investigator for the company comes to the planet to um, to get the black box, and then another party will show up for grief counseling to take her to the family and make sure that they're okay. But, but this person has the ability has a, um, they can inject the grieving parents, um, uh, to eliminate the grieving because they, they, they lost their son in the crash. And, um, the mother says, yes, immediately give me the injection. The father doesn't because the father wants to grieve, wants to feel that loss. Mom doesn't. And then, Shortly after she gets the injection, she uh, she realizes she made a mistake. Unfortunately, there's no reversing it, um, and and it's just it's 
little things like that that just take a, a regular story about some guy who may just be coming around to collect the black box because the ship crashed and now adding another layer to it. And, and, and there are a lot of stories that, uh, that are like that in, in this book. It's, it's a gorgeous hardcover. Um, I, 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 there's a, uh, I think there's two versions of the cover. The, the, the Kickstarter version came with a David Mack cover, which is, is fine. Um, I kind of like the other cover cause the other cover, kind of incorporates all of most of, if not all of um, the stories that, uh, that are in, in the book. But um, this was just, it's, it's great. I know you can just pick up the Chronicles itself uh, from magnetic hardcover. I, I think a soft cover. I think Brian, our Brian, Brian Newberry has the soft cover. Um, I don't know if the design space can come on its own or if, it's only bought in the set, but uh, yeah, absolutely. If you can check it out, I really recommend it. Uh, from Magnetic, Black Box Chronicles uh, is my inner travels for this week. Nice. In Magnetic, we trust. That's for damn sure. Damn, Skippy. Um, in your travels, check out Queenie, the Godmother of Harlem. Uh, mm-hmm. This was published by Abrams Comic Arts through their Megascope imprint. It is... Uh, written by Elizabeth Colomba with art by Aurelie Levy. And they do a wonderful opening intro about the Harlem Renaissance and introduce us to um, Stephanie St. Clair. And one of the things, I mean, I love well done autobio comics, but um, you know, one of the interesting things for me about this one in particular is that uh, it was about a person I knew next to nothing about before reading it. Um, Stephanie St. Clair was uh, a real person. She was basically a, uh, a, an immigrant born on a plantation in, in the French colony of Martinique. Um, she came to the United States in the early, like 1910 or 12 or something like that, um, to make a new life for herself as, as many immigrants were at the time. And she found success basically as a, um, organized crime leader uh basically in during in harlem up through the renaissance uh particularly once prohibition happened she became one of the key figures in running numbers racket and uh and and prohibition alcohol provision in harlem um and the story takes you through that journey of how she became a badass bitch and then frankly how it all ends for her which is when prohibition is uh is is revoked you know, much of the organized crime built around it obviously crumbled, save for the mafia, which kind of consolidated power. And we see all that in this book, in this in this wonderfully rendered story that I was found gripping. Um, and, you know, I would say that the art style is what you might expect of an autobiocomic. It's really beautifully drawn um, where the people look like real people, but it's definitely not photo reference. It doesn't have that hard edge of like that they were Googling images on and then tracing them. It's, it's definitely a consistent line that's certainly not it doesn't, at least to my eye, it doesn't appear to be aided in any way, but, but, but the characters do very much look consistent and I think are pretty on model to what they look like in real life. Um, but just beautiful. And I've always been, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Harlem Renaissance, um, in that era of, uh, it's found it, found it wonderfully interesting. And so, um, uh, this reminded me in a way of like a side chapter or side season of Boardwalk Empire. Um, so fans oh, of that nice. show might, uh, might, you really would enjoy this. So if, uh, and, and just a weird thing, I mean, it's kind of a quirky thing, but, but, you know, we get probably numb to the, um, 
to the pull quotes in, in, in graphic novels and comics because they're largely from the same cast of characters um, where you're not really surprised. Like it's, you know, some renowned writer of comics like Neil Gaiman or like, or, or some website that's talking about how awesome the book is. But the pull quotes on, on the Queenie hardcover are by Whoopi Goldberg and Regina King, which I think is very interesting. Oh, yeah, it, it speaks to, to how this book is definitely uh, about and geared towards a, a different audience than is typical uh, of the kind of stuff that, that we would see in previews. So really, really pleased to have picked it up. And uh, I really, it, it's Abrams has gotten on my radar lately. I, I they putting out, they don't put out a ton, which is probably great, but like the stuff they're putting out is, very distinctive, but very well executed. And so um, I, I, I hope they, they continue to push into graphic novels aggressively. Push aggressively. That's almost a world without end uh, caption box. Oof, I don't know about all that. <laughs> that's what I, I, I want to pull quote for. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for... Uh, tolerating jason one more time uh we hope <laughs> we hope that you come back next time but in the meantime go to the sponsor cheapgraphicnovels.com to save go to the patreon see what's new patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics we hope that you will become a patron and because you get everything for a little bit of money and we get to continue doing this thing um, and in the meantime, buy some comics, read them, talk about them, come on the socials, talk about them some more, and then we'll probably be talking about them again next week. So it, it, it's just a, an Ouroboros of comic love. Say goodnight. What the hell's his name? I'm looking for his name around here and I can't find it. I think it's Darwin? Ted Daffy? No, it's not Daffy. Dilbert. No, it certainly Dil is not. Dylan? Dylan? Dylan Dog? Cemetery Man? No. Um, Raven? Raven? Beans? Uh, David? Good night. We had a little play going on there. It was a one-act play. Nice. Yep. I liked it. Dylan? My favorite mo moment was Dylan. No. <laughs> Pathos. You're not going to get it. Shouldn't even try. No, I shouldn't. No, no you, you blew it. You you <laughs> whizzed past it. I did. Yeah, it was, it was days ago. Yep, it was Darwin. Deja vu. <laughs> we love you, people. Come back next time because you're going to get two next week. That's yeah, true. Well, there we go. We're starting next week. Yes, you tit. <laughs> it like it matters to you guys. Don't matter. We just, you just, I'll we do. chop chop on my end. So here we go. That's right. Yeah. Choppy choppy. Choppy sake. All those words. Tell them you love them as usual. Oh, so much. Yeah, of course. My peoples. That's why we do it. That's Tony, people. Tony's probably like, eh, but you don't say it all the time. <laughs> well, he keeps us in check. He does. It's, it's his favorite, second favorite fourth chair. That's it for that one.